Jay sat at his workbench and grabbed a screwdriver. Give me the doll, Amaranthine, he said. A massive grin broke out on the, her face. So you can fix it? Jay smirked at her. There's nothing I can't fix. Welcome to League of Lore, a podcast about the lore of League of Legends and other properties set in the Runeterran universe. I'm your host Jacob, or Skullhead Soldiers, and let's get into it. So today we're going to be covering Jace, the Defender of Tomorrow. He is a pretty prominent figure in Piltover, although there is a lack of short stories for him at the moment. So a lot of the information we have is based on his interactions with other characters, as well as what information we're able to ascertain from his fairly decently long uh, biography, as well as his one major short story that we have access to about him. We do have Victor's short story as well, which gives Victor's perspective on the events that take place in Jace's short story. But we're going to be focusing on Jace right now. When we get to Victor, then I will cover Victor's other things, but that's going to be a while because I'm going to be talking about Victor when we get more toward the Zon side of the Piltover and Zon dynamic. But, like I said, focusing on Jace here. Jace in canon, and the canon we know right now, is vastly different from the Jace we see in the show Arcane. Like, the difference is kind of uncanny. But, just so you have an idea of what Jace is like in canon, let's... So get into um, his kind of his origin story. Jace started life as basically a prodigy. He was able to just create inventions and make new discoveries faster and more efficiently than anyone else around him. It got to the point where he was getting frustrated that no one else could match his skill level, essentially. Like, no one could match his wit, his, his intelligence in a lot of ways, and because of he became very, very arrogant, and a lot of his contemporaries just didn't want to work with him anymore. It is kind of hard to describe like how big his ego got, but he eventually just started thinking he was the smartest man, not just in the room, but in all of Piltover. He just thought he was the bomb diggity, essentially. The biggest, the biggest hotshot there. This changed, however, slightly when he met another uh, up-and-rising prodigy in a man named Victor. Now, they had disagreements on the pathways that technology should take. Victor was more about improving the human condition as a whole, like making humans themselves more able to exist in the reality that they exist in. So, more of a transhumanist in a lot of ways. While... Jace, on the other hand, was more about just creating better technology that humans could use. So it was, it was a slight difference in the angle they approached the issue. They both wanted to make life in Piltover and Zon potentially better. Uh, well, to be honest, Jace only focused on Piltover. Victor actually cared more uh, about Zon a lot. But we'll get into that in a little bit. 
But the point is that they had a slight difference in perspective, where Pilt, where Jace is more about, I'm going to make cool new inventions and technological advancements and discoveries to help that people can then use for themselves to better themselves. While Victor is more like, I'm going to make technology and inventions and discoveries that will help improve a human body, essentially help improve humans themselves. That was his focus. Eventually, it just got to the point where they had a major falling out, essentially, which was really sad because for a while, Victor and Jace were kind of a, they were kind of friends. They were contemporaries that actually were able to keep up with each other on an intellectual level, and made a lot of great discoveries together. But eventually, their differences in in theology and not only theology, more philosophy, their moral philosophy especially, was just so different that they eventually broke it off their partnership and went separate ways victor literally disappearing uh due to jace essentially ratting him out to the higher-ups in the academic scene uh making it seem like victor was doing some uncouth experimentation and uh, essentially uh victor was trying to make a device that would how it's described in the, in the biography is it would strip away uh, someone's free will and fear response so that they could be more efficient workers and not be injured in these big mech suits, essentially. Like, once the worker got in that mech suit, uh, their fear response would be removed and they would be more obedient, which would supposedly allow them to be more efficient workers and also reduce the chances of work accidents, which would get people hurt. Jace did not like this because he did not like the idea of free will being removed in any respect, and so he turned Victor in to the academic council, and Victor was essentially expunged. And then Victor just disappeared. Now, that's the thing, this is all from Jason's perspective. Like I said, when we get to Victor, we'll get to the other side of what might have actually been going on. But the important thing to know right now is that that is Jason's perspective on things right now, is he just lost his best friend, essentially. And then he was approached by a member of a clan called Clan Giopara. Now, Clan Geopower is not a major, major clan in the Piltover scene. They are a clan, so they are important. But they're not, like, on the same level as, say, like, Clan Karaman or uh, Clan Ferris, for example. They're not on that level. But they're still higher up than Jace's family is, because they're just House Talus. They're a bit lower. Here's the thing, though. Geopower basically came to Jace with a mysterious crystal from Sharima. Now, in the biography, it describes this crystal having a singing quality, which indicates that it's probably a hex crystal. Now, a bit of context. A hex crystal is... that's what it's called in Piltover, but what it actually is, at least a true hex crystal, is a crystal that can be found in Sharima, and they are also known as, like, heart stones or heart crystals for a race of crystalline um, scorpion-like creatures called the Brackern. It's literally, they look through their whole lives to find a crystal that basically resonates with their soul, because that crystal, when with them, allows their soul to be fully realized, essentially. It is a very important part of the Brackern uh, society and culture. But all the Brackern are currently in hibernation and have been so since the fall of Shirima. And... Now that people are going around basically mining in Chirima, they kind of 
mines the hex crystals from these Brackern, and and which is a really horrible thing when you think about it. They're literally ripping away this culturally and spiritually and probably physically really important object and biologically object from the Brackern to to use for technology. Now, what's important here is this particular hex crystal was really really potent. And it was given to Jace because the inventors and scientists and, uh, and, and innovators in Hatton Clan Geopara couldn't figure out how to harness the energy in this really pure hex crystal. And so Jace was like, fine then, I will, I'll do it. And for the first time in his whole life, he ran into a wall. He was incapable of actually harnessing the power of the hex crystal for a very long time. Until eventually he got the idea to shave off a small portion of the hex crystal into a little shard. And after experimenting on that shard, he realized that the power that can come off from the hex crystal is so potent, it can power some of his wildest inventions that he has been struggling to find proper power sources for. In particular, he realized it would be able to power this invention he made, which was a transforming hammer. Uh, this transforming hammer was meant to be a combination of a way for miners to break down big rocks and then also create transform into like a cannon form which is a bit unclear what the cannon form was for but probably to like send off like energy blasts uh into deeper and harder to reach spaces to break down uh during the mining process but what's important here is as he realized this and he had like a big power surge in his laboratory victor discovered news of this hex crystal and he came to him asking, hey, can I please get this hex crystal? Uh, I need it for a really big, important invention I'm working on right now, which is to save a lot of lives in Zon. Now, Jace still does not trust Victor. And so he basically tells him to go away. I'm not giving hex crystal. It No, I don't trust you to use this responsibly. Well, Victor does not take kindly to this, uh, unleashes a robot horde onto Jace's little laboratory and steals the hex crystal and flees into Zon. Unfortunately, he did not grab the hex crystal shard, which means Jace still had that. Putting it into his transforming hammer cannon, he then decides to take matters in his own hands instead of going to like the wardens or the enforcers or anything like that. He just takes matters in his own hands and heads down into Zon proper. And when he gets down there, he sees all these wild um, machinations that Victor has been working on, all these different machines, that where he's transplanted the brains of workers in Zon into these machines, and seemingly has made a, a slave robot army, essentially, that is being powered by this uh, pure hex crystal. Now, this is all from Jason's perspective. It's very important. I'm saying this multiple times because... A lot of the dynamic between Jace and Victor's stories is the difference in their perspectives. Like I said, when we get to Victor, I'll go over Victor side of things, but just keep all this in mind for the future. This is all from Jace's perspective. That does not mean it is true. This is very much an unreliable narrator situation, and we'll also have that with Victor too. So you kind of read between the lines when we get to Victor, and we'll cover that more when we get to him. But they get into a big battle, and Jace is able to use his really OP hammer cannon weapon to basically rip through these robots. They, they just destroy them all, and eventually destroys the Hex Crystal. And 
that starts this eternal rivalry between Jace and Victor, essentially. This is the real beginning of what becomes one of the great rivalries in Pilter from Zahn. This constant back and forth in battles between Jace and Victor. Jace being the hero of Piltover, and Victor being this villain from Zahn, essentially. But, before we get into how this whole dynamic and this whole characterization of Jace is different from his iteration in Arcane, in more detail, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back to cover the difference between Arcane Jace and Canon Jace. If you want to help spread the show or simply get more content, you can follow the official Twitter at League of Lore 2 for updates on the podcast and other lore tidbits, as well as rate or follow the podcast on their podcatcher of choice. You can also follow my Twitch account, twitch.tv scaldsoldiers, where I stream myself playing various games and discuss the lore and gameplay of those properties. Right now, I am streaming on Wednesdays primarily, where I play Destiny and go over like the weekly reset, essentially, for that stream and go through the story and that and talk about the lore and story that's going on in Destiny, or if you go into the chat, I will gladly chat with all of you and talk about the lore of League or any other game that I know stuff about. I just, but yeah, I just want to let you know that that is the schedule right now. I'm streaming every Wednesday. But I also just want to give a big thank you to all of you. We broke, we broke it. We got past 10k downloads on the podcast. I am so happy about this. Thank you all so much. That means a heck of a lot. And as we continue through Pilter of Zahn and the broader lore of Runeterra, I hope to see that number grow. Because I just want to get that lore out to all of you, especially as the MMO is not on the horizon, but far, far out. But I want to give all this lore for you guys so that when the MMO eventually does come out, like, you guys will be ready for that. Because when we get to the MMO, oh, I'm going to be talking about that MMO a whole lot. But anyways, thank you all once again. And let's get back to the show. Alright, so, the difference between Arcane and Canon Jace. This is kind of a lot. So, one of the main things you might notice immediately is that one of the main differences between Arcane and Canon Jace is the arrogance factor. Jace in Arcane is not nearly as arrogant as the Jace in Canon. In fact, Jace is so arrogant that when a literal little girl shows up at his workshop and asks him to just repair her little toy uh, doll... Um, he refuses, because he's like, nah, I'm not gonna do that, that's lame. Nope, go away. Leave me alone. I have work to do. He just straight up is just not a good person. Uh, he is called, like, the Defender of Tomorrow, but that's, like, a moniker that he gains after defeating Victor in the little showdown in Zaun. And it's really funny to me that he takes upon his, like, superhero persona in canon, and just embodies that in his really arrogant way. Like, think of, like, Tony Stark. Jace is basically the Tony Stark of Piltover, but Tony Stark who has not had character development yet. He is just super, super arrogant and wants to do good, it seems. He wants to be an actual proper hero, but his arrogance tends to get in the way a lot. So he's not a really great person to be around. But this difference from Arcane, because in Arcane, Jace just isn't like that. He is naive. He is figuring things out. He's trying to understand the political situation in Piltover and Zahn. And he just is just struggling to, like, really grasp, like, as he gets more and more responsibility and power put onto his shoulders, he gets more and more anxious about it. 
and eventually he does try to embody the superhero that he thought he could become when he was a kid. And he, like, tries to embody that as he grows up. Like, that's why he makes the Transforming Hammer canon and the Arcane canon. That's how he, that's why he makes it. But it's so fascinating to think about that in canon, Jace never set out to be a superhero. He just kind of became one on accident. But in Arcane, he does set out to be a hero because he wants to do the right thing. His naivety makes him believe that being a hero is the right thing to do and it'll just make everything right in the end, but it everything goes wrong, essentially. Because um, literally in Arcane, um, uh, slight spoilers for Arcane before we go any further, uh, he um, he kills a kid in Arcane by accident. And it's one of the hallmarks of his character development in that show. It is fascinating seeing like his immediate change is like, nope, this is wrong, not going to do this. And he gives up on going the direct route of trying to just attack uh, Silco's uh, Shimmer production facilities. He just decides, nope, not going to do it. War is not is not an option here. It's not an option. We can't go to war with with Zon or the Alliance. We can't do it. Just not nothing. Another big difference is which clan is like the clan that backs Jace. Like this is a more of a, an interesting difference. In canon, it's Clan Giapara. Like as I mentioned earlier, Clan Giapara is the one that basically. Uh, becomes his patron and gives him his hex crystal. But in Can in Arcane, it's Clan Kiriman that is his patron. Uh until the events of uh, Act of Act One, Episode Two, uh where he um he kinda doesn't he, he kinda gets caught out for doing some illegal research on the hex crystals that exist in Arcane, and um <laughs> he kinda loses his patronage from Clan Kiriman. Eventually he kinda makes up for it later on, but in that moment, he kind of loses that. So it's kind of interesting that Clan Giopar, as far as I remember in Arcane, is not mentioned. I could be wrong about this. It has been a little a second since I watched Arcane. But even if Clan Giopar is in Arcane, the main thing is the relationship with Jace is just not there. It is Jace and Clan Kiriman, not Jace and Clan Giopara. And in Legends of Terror, we even see that outside of Clan Giopara... There's also a close relationship between Jace and Clan Pharos. Now this makes sense because because Clan Pharos in canon, they're the origin of Hextech. As in, they're the ones they originally got the first true pure hex crystals, and they're also the ones that create the synthetic hex crystals that are in mass production in Piltover to this day, which allows for the mass production of hex technology. It's so interesting to think about that uh, Clan Pharos is mentioned uh, in, like, a one-off line by um, the leader of Clan Moderna. And it's just so fascinating to think about that this really major family in canon is just just not a big deal in, in Piltover in Arcane, especially when you think about what the relationship with Jace. Because in Arcane, Jace is basically the, alongside Victor, is the inventor of Hex technology. Which is not the case in canon. In canon, Clan Pharos is the origin for how hex technology even came into existence. Jace is just an innovator. He's just a an inventor. He's not the origin point for hex tech. He just makes really, really good hex tech. But that does not make him the origin point for. Unlike in Arcane, where he very much is. And I, I don't know why this made this, this major difference in Arcane, but I do find it really interesting. And I'm wondering where Arcane's going to go with that in the future. 
and if canon is going to do a bit of retconning and make Clan Ferrero still like maybe the, the production facility for Hex Crystals, but not the origin point for Hex Crystals um, and instead make that Jace. We'll see, we'll see how that pans out. Probably the biggest difference between Arcane and Canon Jace is the relationship between Jace and Victor. Because Jace and Victor in Canon have a major falling out. They're literally superhero versus supervillain dynamic. Whole thing, very comic book-esque in that sense. But in Arcane, Jace and Victor are still very close friends and confidants by the end of Arcane, especially. Like, they go through some trials and tribulations. Um, they kind of have falling out for a little while, but then they come back together. But it's so fascinating to think about that they made this really distinct difference between Arcane and Canon for Jace and Victor's relationship, where they're so close as, as like, friends, maybe even have a brother relationship, maybe even some romantic tension there, uh, depends on how you read their dynamic. There's a, way, there's a lot of different ways to read their dynamic in Arcane. But the main thing to understand is they're very, very close. And they don't have this major falling out as they do in Canon. And I wonder where they're going to take that, because eventually Victor is going to have to become the Victor we know in canon. And Jace is also going to have to do that eventually. He's going to eventually have to become the superhero-like figure, the Defender of Tomorrow. We know this. Like, that's the the projection of their character arcs as it relates to canon, because they don't change where characters end up. They're already setting up for Vi to en- end up becoming the Piltover Enforcer. They're setting up for Caitlyn to probably become Sheriff. They're already setting up all these, and they've already set up Jinx being who she is in canon now. They're setting all of this up. So eventually we're going to probably see this, and it's going to probably break my heart. I don't want to see Jace and Victor falling out in Arcane, because their dynamic is so great. I love it. But that is what it is. But with all of that said, I hope that all gives you a better idea of Jace as a character, as this defender of tomorrow, and the differences between canon and in Arcane Jace, and to keep all that in mind as we talk more and more about Piltover over the coming weeks and months. But with that, if you have any questions or thoughts, please send them in your reviews on your podcatcher of choice or to loreofruntera at gmail.com. You can also now send you can also send them through the Discord channel, League of Lore on Robots Radio Network, where you can find a link to that Discord down in the description below. And they'll be answered next episode. And uh, next time, speaking of, it is time to go into Piltover's past a bit to talk about the origin of Hextech and more precisely the clan behind it, Clan Pharos, and its current leader, Camille. See you all next time. When a wasteland detective and a vault girl cross paths, no criminal is safe. You're both under arrest. Don't move a muscle if you know what's good for you. Based in Bethesda's Fallout series, follow Walter and Bunny as they traverse the Texas Commonwealth and New Vegas, busting big crime rings. We'll need all we can to expand into Vegas territory. And surviving anything the wasteland can throw at them. It's him! It's the Mothman! Featuring a series of nail-biting narratives and guest stars from across the Fallout community. It's anybody's guess what thrilling case is up next. War never changes, does it, Bonnie? No, it certainly does not. True Vault Escapades, a Fallout audio drama. 
Available anywhere you get podcasts. Thank <laughs> you.